Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. G'day there, Dan Lynch here, just by myself, to let you know that this is not an Irrational Fear show, but it is rather a Newsfighter show. Dylan Bain, who often DJs our shows, our live shows on stage, uh, occasionally does something called Newsfighters, where he watches the news, so you don't have to, and he boils it down to bite-sized funny. And this is basically a year in review. It is a juicy, juicy episode. Uh, Dylan is a TV editor by day, so he has to watch a lot of the bad stuff. So I hope you enjoy it. It's very, very funny. Dylan is super sarcastic, um, but we wouldn't have it any other way. And also, just reminding you that we have our one millionth download show coming up on February 1st, 8pm at the Malthouse Theatre in Melbourne. So if you are in Melbourne, February 1, come along. We have booked the outdoor stage at the Malthouse Theatre. It is going to be beautiful, balmy, sunny. Imagine that with a wine in hand and a beer in hand, laughing at jokes from Charlie Pickering, Kirsty Wieback, Sammy Shah, myself, uh, and the wonderful Richard Feidler will also be joining us as well. He is a man who has the most downloads of any podcast in Australia. And he is joining us to celebrate our one millionth download. And if you are a Melbourne listener, chances are you too have contributed to that one millionth download. So come along, head to the Malthouse Theatre website to buy a ticket or go to irrationalfear.com. You'll see the links there. Or just simply click on details or the show notes in your podcast app and there'll be a link there to buy tickets to our one millionth download live show. I should point out that DJ Andy McClelland is also DJing at that event and he is very much in demand and a hilarious man in his own right. So very excited for that. Um, Right now... I've got Dylan Bain with News Fighters. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan B. Yes, hello, fighters. Welcome to News Fighters Year in Review for 2023. 
News Fighters, Australia's most popular breakfast show. I'm your host, Dylan Bain, the Kelly Bayer Osmarin of Wacky News Clips. You might know me as Dan Illich's onstage sidekick, but today I'm wrapping up the entire year of 2023 in news, so stick around, because joining me later on is Stefan Pezzer to talk sports and showbiz. Hey, Martin Scorsese, if I wanted a three and a half hour lesson about genocide, I would have voted in the voice referendum. Now this year, I'm doing things a little bit differently. I'm not just going to go through the year month by month and say, oh, in, in March, Carl Stefanovic did a silly story on a, uh, uh, you know, like a surfing chicken or something, which he actually did. How did you discover, Elaine, uh, that Mrs. Chook liked to hang ten? Just don't pick them up and throw them in. Slowly, like little kindergarten lessons. (laughs) And off we go, bit by bit. Who said Australia has no culture? No, instead my plan this year is I'm just going to look at the biggest stories of the year, starting with the cost of living crisis. And boy, oh boy, there's some really out-of-touch people who really don't realise how bad it's getting out there, like multi-millionaire property developer CEO Tim Gurner. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40-50% in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. Yes, unsurprisingly, nobody's seen Tim Gurner out and about since he said that, or else I bet he'd be feeling some pain in his economy. By economy, I mean balls. Yes, and while property developers like Gurner have done well out of the housing and cost of living crisis, many renters and mortgage holders haven't. But don't worry, Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe has the solution. Live at home with your mum and dad or find yourself a housemate. That's the advice from the Reserve Bank Governor as the nation continues to grapple with the housing crisis. We need more people on average, to live in each dwelling. Yeah, millennials can't afford rent. Don't worry, just get another flatmate and another flatmate and another flatmate and another flatmate and another five flatmates and everyone sleep head to toe on a sofa bed and rosters and boom, Sydney's affordable. Problem solved. Thanks, Philip Lowe. With inflation peaking at 8%, thanks to that guy, I have to say there's only one upside, and that's that everything feels like an expensive treat now. Ooh, I think I'll indulge myself and buy a loaf of bread and a carton of milk on the way home from work. Slow down, big spender. Meanwhile, Deputy Liberal Leader Susan Lee tried to relate to the rising cost of living for us normal folk with this gem. I talk to people who are sitting having a quiet beer in a pub on a Sunday afternoon and working out that, you know, they'll get three schooners from their jug of beer and then they might have to go home. I mean, this is awful for a lot of Australian families. Yes, you can tell the Liberals are scrambling when they're like, quick, what do working class people like? Uh, beer. Yeah, beer. Yeah, jugs of beer. Yeah, that'll do. Susan, just go out there and talk about jugs of beer. Perfect. Yes, nailing it. Good job. Labor wasn't much better at trying to tackle this cost of living emergency either. Here's the Minister for Agriculture, Murray Watt, this month. Well, with Christmas approaching, I've got a very simple message for the big supermarket chains. Hands off our ham. We know that many Australians look forward to a Christmas ham and I want to make sure that they're not paying too much at the checkout this Christmas. Gee, thanks, Murray Watt. Millennials can't afford housing. I guess I'll just have to live in a ham house now. And even if you can afford ham this Christmas, you're going to have nowhere to put it. Thanks to Kmart pulling their anti-Semitic Christmas ham storage bags from stores. Kmart, owned by West Farmers, it was looking for a gimmick to sell more Christmas hams. How did Hamas, Mary Hamas, get onto the shelves given what's happening in the Middle East right now? God only knows. Wow, that's almost as bad as their uh, ice cube trays with a hidden pro-terrorist message. Did you see these? They had printed on them the words, ISIS ready for waging holy jihad. What the hell, Kmart? How did that slip through? 
To their credit, Anthony Albanese and Labor have tried to tackle the rising cost of living in some small ways, like by making prescriptions last two months instead of one, which unsurprisingly caused the head of the pharmacist guild to have a big sook. I had one young woman this morning in in her 30s, single mum. She got her dad to put her house up as equity to, sorry, to buy her first pharmacy. She will be bankrupt. They just don't care, you know? Typical Labor prioritising chronically ill patients and old age pensioners over the real battlers, pharmacists who inherited businesses from their parents. Come on, Labor, think about the little guy for once. Labor also tried to tackle the rising cost of living by investing in Medicare. We've made a historic investment in Medicare, tripling the bulk billing incentive to make it easier and cheaper to see a doctor. Yes, Labor tripled the bulk billing incentive, but... Not for everyone, just for... Under-16s, pensioners and Commonwealth concession card holders for most standard consultations. Yep, which means these days, everyone else has got to pay. In fact, my uh, local no-frills bulk billing medical centre next door now charges for consults, which means universal healthcare really isn't that universal if workers have to choose between rent, food and getting that weird rash checked. Since when did Labor care about workers anyway? Personally, it kind of makes me wish Albo from 2023 would listen to what Chobby Albo from 2020 had to say about this. No one should be put in a situation of looking after their family or looking after their health. Yes, the cost of living crisis has gotten so bad this year that it's practically unaffordable for Australians to live anywhere in Australia. The latest rental affordability index from SGS Economics deeming rent in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth unaffordable for pensioners, part-time workers and students. Only Adelaide was deemed acceptable for single parents and couples on the minimum wage. Yep, it's so expensive to live now. I reckon this old guy from southwest Sydney has the solution. 90-year-old Reg has an easier path. With a bit of luck, I'll die in the meantime and I won't have to worry about it at all. Yes, dying. The only surefire way to beat the cost of living crisis. Of course, predictably, Peter Dutton and the Liberals had the perfect explanation for why inflation was spiralling out of control this year. The Prime Minister's obsession with the voice means that he's taken his eye off the ball when it comes to economic policy, and that's why you're paying more for your mortgage. While you're jacking up spending on a referendum which keeps inflation higher... Prime Minister has had to expend his time on defending the voice and trying to win the voice rather than winning back money back into Australian families' wallets. Ah, that's why my mortgage kept going up. The Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. Which brings me to one of the biggest news stories of the year, which Barnaby Joyce summed up like this. In my areas, it was like having a referendum about how your marriage is going. No one wanted to talk about it. Wow, Barnaby doesn't like talking about his marriage. What a surprise. And uh, sorry, I keep referring to it as the Indigenous Voice to Parliament, uh, but according to Peter Dutton, it should be called by another name. We don't support the Prime Minister's divisive Canberra voice. The Prime Minister's divisive Canberra voice. No to the Prime Minister's Canberra voice. Yes, that's right, stupid me. It's not the Indigenous Voice to Parliament. It's the Prime Minister's divisive voice. Because I'm sure we all remember back in... uh, 2017 at Uluru and 250 different Anthony Albanese's gathered around to write the Anthony Albanese statement from the heart, hoping to enshrine Anthony Albanese's voice in the constitution so Anthony Albanese can have more of a say in improving the lives of Anthony Albanese's everywhere. And on that referendum, wasn't Anthony Albanese a picture of confidence from day one? Getting constitutional change in Australia is a difficult thing to do. 
uh, and it's hard to win a a referendum. All right, then, if it's so hard for a referendum to pass, why even put the voice to a referendum? And what good is the voice going to do anyway? Of course, voting yes won't fix everything overnight. Well, that's not going to encourage anyone to vote for it. Uh, Who will it help at least? The truth is that for most people watching this, it will have no direct impact on their lives. What a selling point. Albo was such a bad salesman for the yes side, he couldn't even spell it. A simple word. How do you spell yes? (laughs) Y-E-S. And then when he tried soaring rhetoric, it flew about as high as a flightless bird. We rise to the moment. Like the kangaroo and the emu on our coat of arms. They never go backwards. They just go forwards. Yes, and we also eat them on pizza without even thinking about it. What's your point? Although Albanese wasn't that convincing for the yes side, the no side's talking points were even more incomprehensible, like this one from Shadow Indigenous Affairs Minister Jacinta Napajimpa-Price. Do you believe the history of colonisation continues to have an impact on some Indigenous Australians? Uh, No. Very... I'll be honest with you, no, I don't think so. A positive impact? Absolutely. I mean, now we've got running water. Yes, running water so good that the government still has to spend millions of dollars just to make some of it drinkable. $150 million will go towards getting clean water into remote communities. For them to actually have access to drinking water would be great. And then making things even more confusing, the coalition argued that instead of an Indigenous voice to Parliament, what was needed was the voice of Indigenous people to be heard by Parliament. Completely different. I support voices from regional and remote communities to be heard in Canberra. Uh, But I believe very strongly that listening to local and regional voices... We don't need a voice, we need ears. We need We need our leadership to have, um, to use their ears and to listen to community. That's the issue. We should be listening to what people are saying on the ground. But in the end, it was one simple catchphrase from the no campaign that got the no vote across the line. If you don't know, vote no. 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 Rookie mistake by the yes campaign, not launching with the slogan, if you don't know, vote yes. That would have won it for them for sure. And at the end of the day, Albanese was undone by his own naivety. I have faith in the Australian people. Big mistake. That's your problem right there. Having faith in the Australian people? I mean, did you hear what actual voters had to say on the day? To be honest, I just want to get my name crossed off. Decide when I get in there. I haven't really researched into it. I think it's a land grab by the UN. I haven't heard much information about it. Anyways, moving on from the voice referendum to a far less divisive issue. Israel. Now... The October 7th terrorist attack by Hamas was a truly shocking and horrific event, a date that will live in infamy, the single worst tragedy inflicted on Israel and the Jewish people since the Holocaust, which, sadly, has also now spiralled out into a brutally violent war on the people of Gaza. It's such a deeply fraught and complex issue. But thankfully, there was one Australian international master of diplomacy who thought that he should go over there and help. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison has strapped on a flak jacket to tour one of the Israeli areas targeted by Hamas. Australia's former Prime Minister Scott Morrison came to witness the carnage of October 7. What the hell is ScoMo doing over there? Did he get lost on his way to Hawaii? Oh, sorry, I set off the lazy satire alarm there. But yes, what was Scott Morrison thinking? Was he hoping he could do to Hamas the exact same thing he did to the Australian-Chinese trade relationship when he was... PM, one could only hope. 
and surveying the catastrophe, ScoMo came away with one piece of advice. No, I don't support a ceasefire. A ceasefire would simply um, advantage Hamas. And to their credit, the Albanese government knew to do the exact opposite. In a joint statement, the Australian Prime Minister, along with his counterparts in Canada and New Zealand, called for a sustainable ceasefire too. This is the world coming together to urge uh, that these pauses be resumed so civilians can get the humanitarian aid they desperately need. And wasn't it great that Justin Trudeau was finally able to even say the word ceasefire after stumbling over it a month ago? Um, we need to see a cease. Uh, we need to see a, a humanitarian pause so we can flow. Uh, we need to see ceasing of, of, of the levels of violence that we're seeing. Yes, sadly, this war has been dividing Australia with increasingly horrible scenes of anti-Semitism on our streets. But thankfully... The Albanese government has a proposal to fight it. Legislation to officially outlaw the Nazi salute will be introduced into Parliament today. Yes, and you can just imagine how that vote's going to go in Parliament. All right, everybody in favour of banning the Nazi salute, raise your hands. Ah, gotcha, you're all under arrest. And this war has also divided our arts organisations here in Australia. The decision last week of three actors in the Sydney Theatre Company's new production of the Chekhov play The Seagull to wear the Palestinian scarf known as the kafia during curtain call sparked a frenzy of condemnation from members of the Jewish community, resignations from the STC board and withdrawal of donor support. What? Political statements in a theatre? What were they thinking? Nobody goes to the theatre for politics. This is Australia. Aussie theatre audiences expect one thing and one thing only. ABBA songs. Now take your politics out of here. Unless it's the song Waterloo, in which case it's fine. Thankfully, with Australia being the occasionally generous nation we are, we have opened our arms up to a humanitarian intake of both Israelis and Palestinians fleeing this conflict and... Isn't independent Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie across the politics? And I want to know if any of them are Hamas synthesizers. Yes, and coincidentally, Hamas synthesizers is also the band name for Gaza's entry into Eurovision next year. And while we're on the topic of refugees, the biggest political setback for the Albanese government this year came in November. The High Court has ruled that it is unlawful for the federal government to detain people indefinitely in immigration detention. Wow, turns out you can't keep people locked up forever without a cause, even in Australia, the country founded as a never-ending penal colony prison island. And then when these stateless refugees and reformed criminals were released, the coalition immediately called for them to be locked up again because... Foreigners. What we're aiming for is to get these people back into immigration detention. We want a legislative response which sees these people detained once again. They're not even Australian citizens, uh, and that's why they shouldn't be out in the community. Wow, well, just wait till Peter Dutton hears about these non Australian citizens we have roaming the community called tourists out and about, taking photos of everything. He'll lose his bloody mind. Dutton was also up in arms over Anthony Albanese having to constantly leave the country for, you know, international diplomacy. I think the PM's on a mission to uh, circumnavigate the globe as many times as he can. Similar to uh, Morrison, though, by it. the sound and of it. He's travelling about the same amount of uh, miles as, the Mor as Mor uh, Scott Morrison did. Well, well Scott, Scott Morrison didn't go away during the time when he was needed. That was over oh. the period. Of yeah, that's right. I don't recall Scott Morrison ever leaving the country during, you know, bushfires or COVID lockdowns, except, you know, all the times he did. Also on diplomacy, the Albanese government's thawing of relations with China has led to Australian journalist Chung Lee being freed from one anti-democratic gaslighting dictatorship, only to flee to another. She's now signed on 
we're very proud to say with Sky News as a presenter and a columnist. Two months ago, I was a number. That's how anonymous I was. Yes, and there's no better way to keep that anonymity than being on Australia's lowest rating news network. I'm sure six months from now, everyone will be, was Chong Lee kidnapped again? No, no, she's on Sky News. Same thing. Anyways, that pretty much wraps up the year in serious news stories, but I thought I'd leave you with a final dessert course, and it's my absolute favourite bonkers Aussie news story of the year, and you probably missed it because, of course, it comes straight out of Wollongong local court. A New South Wales man has been fined $16,000 for faking his own kidnapping. The 35-year-old had left home on New Year's Eve telling his partner he was meeting his so-called financial guy. Instead, he was off to see his lover. Yes, that's right. A middle-aged man from Dapto decided the best way to sneak out for a rendezvous with his mistress on New Year's Eve was to say to his wife, I'm off to meet my financial guy, which is just a perfect, perfect flawless excuse. And then... He faked his own kidnapping? But wait, it gets crazier. The pair sent a phony ransom message to his wife in a bid to buy more time. In a panic, she called police. $25,000 of taxpayers' money and 200 hours of police work later, he was arrested. Yes, and what did he think was going to happen? Did he think his wife would be like, well, don't stay out too late being kidnapped, hun. See you in the morning, XXOO. I mean, even the magistrate found this whole thing absolutely hilarious. Magistrate Michael Ong said Yara's abhorrent behaviour was motivated by the least compelling reason that I think I've ever come across. Yes, least compelling so far, Magistrate. So far. This is Wollongong we're talking about. I'm sure a few months from now you'll probably have a case in your court of a man holding up a container ship to get to a Dragons NRL match or some guy who's trained his pit bull to steal Great Northerns from the local bottle shop. It's Wollongong. Yes, and uh, I have to say, God bless the Australian media for their absolute respect towards the suspect in his darkest hour. Do you have anything to say to your partner? Will you be spending New Year's Eve with her? Are you a lover at Paul? What's worse, Paul, the thought of going to prison or being in the doghouse with your missus? Give that woman a Walkley. Anyways, I'm going to leave you with this thought. I think that this Christmas day around the lunch table with your family, forget about talking to them about the war in Israel or the cost of living or the voice referendum. No, I want you to hit them with the single biggest moral question of our times. Would you put your partner in the doghouse for faking their own kidnapping to see their secret lover on New Year's Eve? Yes or no? And would it be even worse if they claimed the hostage takers were Hamas synthesizers? Hi, I'm Stefan Pazer and I'm here to sum up the year that was 2023 in showbiz and sports. And what a year! From the movie Barbie to songs on the Barbie soundtrack to the Barbie marketing campaigns. But if you ask me, there's only one Pinky Doll I wanted to watch. It's Pinky Doll! Yes, yes, yes! Mmm, ice be so good. Oh, thank you, baby. This is so cute. Slay, huh? Gang, gang. Gang, gang. Mmm, ice be so good. Gang, gang. Yes, TikTok influencer Pinky Doll, they're making me feel like a million years old and wishing the world they would hurry up and end. In TV news, the biggest shows of the year were Barry, Beef and the Bear. So next year, get ready for the crossover hit Barry, Beef, Bear, when a bear becomes an assassin with road rage in a restaurant. 
The other big show this year was Succession. More like Succession, am I right? Because it sucked. Also this year, they made a reboot of Frasier, where he goes to back to Boston to catch up with his son and his friends. What kind of person would go back to his old uni days and embarrass himself in front of others? I don't know. Also in this past year, the Beatles had a number one hit song and the Rolling Stones had a number one album. Wait, what year is this? 1995? Yes, the Beatles got back together to release a new song with the help of AI called Now and Then. Surely should have been called Now and Dead because two of them are in heaven with some angels and some band-aids. What a bad use of AI. Hey nerds, next time could you make my crypto go up instead of making the ghost of John Lennon? Seems like he's stuck in a haunted answering machine. In video game news, the biggest video game of the year was the Harry Potter game Hogwarts Legacy. The most successful game based on the work of a transphobic author since the Father Ted RPG. Also, there's a new game where you steal cars and rob people for money. No, it's not Grand Theft Auto 6. It's actually real life thanks to the cost of living crisis up in Queensland. In sports news, the Women's World Cup Finals were held in Australia and thanks to a third place loss against Sweden, my permanent Swede phobia is now socially acceptable. Goddamn Swedes! Hate the Swedes! You bastards! Yes, the Matilda's matches were so huge, even Barney Rejoice tried to watch the games. Of course, he stuffed it up. The Matilda's on Channel 7. What are we doing watching Channel 10? Mate, I, I saw it. I must admit, it did go through my mind. Because I saw Channel <laughs> yeah. 10, I went, I'm sure it's on 7. After that, I hope he buys his kids the right Barbie DVD this Christmas. I'm worried he'll buy them a porno DVD called Barbie Bing Bang's Boobs Can Six Pack of 4X or something like that. American journalists covering the World Cup in the US seemed more interested in sex too. You could root between France and Morocco. I'll always root for Argentina first, then I'll root for Latin America. We were rooting for the colonizees. That's a tough one to root for. <laughs> Eventually you were just rooting, even if you don't have a strong rooting interest, for your rooting interest. Yum, yum, yum. Anyways, I'm Stefan Pazza. That's it for another year in showbiz and sports. Merry Christmas to you, your family, and everyone else, except Kanye West. And in the words of the late, great Dame Enna, bye-bye, possums. Yes, and that's News Fighters for 2023. A big thank you to Stefan for his annual look back at the year in showbiz and sports. And a big thanks to Dan Illich for having me here on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. As always, Newsfighters is produced on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation who we acknowledge. And Newsfighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Irrational Fear. If you want to support the show and other great comedy talent, please chip in at patreon.com slash irrationalfear and subscribe at irrationalfear.com. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters and don't forget you can check out all our old episodes and bonus content by subscribing to the newsfighters youtube channel at youtube.com slash newsfighters where you'll also find half of our sydney fringe festival show uh, from september due to some technical issues we only got half of it and don't forget to follow newsfighters on twitter and instagram at the handle at newsfighters pod 
Well, that's it for 2023. A big thanks to everyone for listening and a big thank you to everyone who's supported the show over the past five years. I'm not sure News Fighters is going to be around much in 2024 as I've got a few other things going on. But if you want to keep in touch with me and see what I'm up to, follow me on Twitter at Dialabolical. Please keep in touch. What a journey. What a trip. Keep fighting. And bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.